Welcome to another episode of Catalyst Connected, where we're going to connect you with local vendor partners who we know, like, and trust. I'm your host, Sheridan Sims, and today I've got Chase Carpenter with me. And Chase, if you don't mind, would you introduce yourself and your company? Yeah, uh, my name is Chase Carpenter with uh, Carpenter Insurance Group. We are an independent insurance agency here in Lexington, and uh, we specialize in property and casualty insurance, uh, primarily personal lines, property and casualty. Uh, as well as life insurance. So we're kind of talking your home, your auto, your umbrellas, your rental properties, your toys. So we you know boats, RVs, campers, and all that good stuff. So there's a lot of overlap there with obviously the service that we're providing on the real estate mm-hmm. end, and then the services that you're able to provide and helping insure some of the purchases that our clients are making. Yeah. So that's where Chase and I's relationship has started. And through that, him being a small business owner, ourselves owning a small business, it's certainly turned into a neat relationship. And that's why I'm excited to get to learn a little bit more about um, your business, kind of what that looks like. And that way folks at home can keep up with what that looks like as well. So how'd you get started in insurance? Yeah, I got started uh, back in 2016, July 2016, that's when I opened up. Um, really just always wanted to have my own business, but I had no clue what I wanted to do. And uh, my previous job, I was uh, working for a coal company and at that time 2015 2016 that industry was looking pretty grim okay. so uh i knew i needed to find a way out and i explored the uh the state farm route became a basically an approved candidate to have an office at that point uh to become a state farm agent but then i came a little deeper i was like what's this independent route about you know and i kind of just went down some rabbit holes talked to some people you know doing some research online and found out hey this is what i want to do and um really just jumped ship 2016 actually work part-time with my previous employer, the coal company, to continue to help them a little bit um, while I started this. Okay. Because starting scratch in this game is, uh, it's not easy. It's uh, usually, what, first three or four years to get kind of up and rolling? Yeah, yeah. First year you go on your own, it's you, you're making nothing. You know, Most feast or famine, right? Yeah. It's like our industry. They usually tell us the, the, the life cycle is two to three years, you make it through there, then you're probably going to be okay. Yep, same. Yeah. So <laughs> I can I can definitely relate to that. Now you you said um, independent mm-hmm. uh, as far as the broker side. What does that mean for the folks at home who maybe don't understand? I know you mentioned State Farm, and then you said independent. What does it mean to be independent? Yeah, as an independent agency, it basically means really my my opinion, you have options. Okay. So you know when you go to a State Farm or Farm Bureau or Shelter or somebody like that, those are what we call captive insurance agencies. Okay. I mean, you call, you know, and hey, no, I got some boys at State Farm, but you know, Absolutely. When, you, when you give them a call and you say, hey, can you take a look at my insurance, my coverage, they give you one quote, and that is with that specific company. Okay. For us, we offer, you know, well over a dozen companies, so I see. we're not just putting, say, hey, here's what we got. We're going to look around, make sure it's the best option, okay. which also gives us a competitive advantage for us and you down the road as the insurance market changes. Well, even I think about, because you've got uh, my family and and Mm -hmm. I's insurance, uh, we're current customers, and I think about how our relationship has changed over the years that you've had us covered. We pick up a new piece of property. Mm -hmm. Usually, you're one of the first calls I make when we're looking at something to figure out, hey, what do you think this is going to cost, right? Um, So I like being able to have that accessibility to you and your team to say, hey, if I'm trying to price this deal out, Mm-hmm. Insurance is going to be an expense, right? And on my investment properties, I'm not, um, I'm not escrowing those, right? I'm paying those directly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, heck, we just did a deal not too long ago that uh, you were able to look at and kind of just guide me through. It wasn't something that sure. ultimately you all could bound, you could bind or, or write on, and you told me what questions to ask when finding the right carrier, right? 
uh, that's invaluable for me, especially just from a, a, a real estate investment standpoint, but also knowing that I have clients that we mutually serve, that makes me that much more confident too. So you, independent brokerage, and you mentioned the types of insurance. I know you said property and casual, mm-hmm. casualty. Tell me more about the different types of insurance that you're helping consumers with. If you want to just drill down a little bit more on it, on each of those. Yeah, I mean, uh, the two most common are your home and auto. So mm-hmm. your personal home and your automobiles. Okay. You know, from that point, it leads into umbrella policies, personal liability umbrella policies. Um, maybe you have rental properties. We get into that. Uh, you got toys, which is, like I said, the ATVs, boats, RVs, campers, things like that. Maybe a secondary home, anything of that nature. Okay. Um, we touch a little bit on small commercial, you know, uh, some commercial insurance. We're, there's some guys out there on in the independent world that's all they specialize in. Gotcha. So we know when we're in the game and we need to help somebody. We also know when we need to send this to the guys that, hey, can help you better than us. And, that, and you're, you're a part of certain networks that allow you to refer those to people that would serve them the same way you would, right? Correct, yeah, correct. And there's some other agents in town that I feel just as confident in as myself. And as far as the the overall profession, you know, getting into that, obviously knowing what you do now, several years after starting, what do you think, if you had to nail down one thing is your favorite thing about the type of work that you do? Just help it, just helping people understand insurance. Nobody, nobody understands it, right? They think it's They know just, we gotta have it. Right. Or they, some people do. I guess yeah. most people do, but yeah. the why, right? Right. The why, helping them to just understand the process and what they're actually getting. Most people just see it as a number, right? Got to have this, got to show up at the clerk's office. You know, my loan officers tell me I got to insure my home. That's that. But, you know, the devil's in the details when it comes to insurance and really just helping people understand that and the details and specifics about each policy. Well, and for like small business owners or folks that maybe have uh, mutually um, or similar type businesses, right? Me being a real estate agent and also owning rental properties, but also working with the public, but having events, you've educated me on like general liability, like having additional layers of coverage to put more of an arm's length between me and any risk. I think that's huge for people because I had no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I knew I had to have it on my house. I had to have it on my my vehicles, right? So yeah. I could, you know, drive on the road. And my bank said they needed the the insurance, mm-hmm. but like general liability, you hear about some of these things. But also, um, you know, looking at the the life insurance side of things, mm-hmm. I know that's a, a, a portion of what you guys do as well. Uh, what does that look like? Like if somebody wanted to uh, get a life insurance policy. What are the steps to doing that? Like, do they just reach out and get a quote, or how yeah, do they do that? Just kind of a process that we talk about with kind of new clients. We try to mention that, hey, is this something you have outside of work? Um, do you have life insurance outside of work? That's a common question that we ask. And if they don't, you know, especially when they're buying a home, hey, that's a big purchase. They need to make sure if something happens to, you know, the husband or wife or whoever, like, who's going to foot this bill? Okay. So we just kind of want to make sure we're asking the right questions so we can put that person in the right place to have that covered in case something happens. It's a logical progression in my mind. You're already servicing the property, the casualty, and then God forbid something did happen, having something covered to extend coverage for the rest of the family. For sure. It seems like a logical logical progression. Uh, When you think about what a normal day looks like, you're self-employed, so Mm -hmm. I I probably feel your pain on all the different hats you get to wear, but what does a normal day in the life of uh, Chase look like with, with your insurance group? Yeah, so uh, luckily I've got an awesome team, right? So I've got Casey and Paige in the office, which takes so much pressure off me. 
But uh, usually for me, it's coming in, you know, one of the first things I like to do is I like to, we get some daily reports just to look at, you know, the customers we have and like what's happening to their policies. They're coming up for renewal. How are their rates changing? Are they going up? Are they going down? And identifying some opportunities there to potentially reach out and move them to a different company. Okay. Um, from that point, you know, we work with the team to kind of train them. You know, we do that on a weekly basis. Um, and really, I have such a good team. Like now, I'm kind of hey working on the business, right? So I'm not as much in it every day. I'm working on it to make sure we're running efficiently as a team, but also like what can we do better for our customers? And how can we essentially help our partners, such as you, such as, you know, whoever it could be, you know, some of our lender referral or lender partners, anybody like that. How can we help them? But like, how can we grow our network even more? Okay. You know, so that's really kind of where I'm at now because I have such a good team in place. I don't have to be in the day to day as much. So we've got them going and then I'm kind of working now more on the business. Well, one thing I like about what you, you mentioned in there is getting uh, those reports, looking at mm -hmm. it, right? A lot of people see it, you mentioned earlier, see it as a number, but right. also people don't realize that that number can change, right? Mm -hmm. And and again, I'm kind of playing with a loaded deck when I'm, I'm giving some of these examples because I work with you, but I know personally, we've had scenarios come up where he reaches out or his team reaches out and says, hey, A, has anything changed, mm -hmm. right? Like, did we make any acquisitions? Did we you know, bought any new properties? Did we bought any toys? you know, as the values change of certain right. things. Uh, so you all are always trying to take a, I'd say a competitive edge to how can they sharpen my number, right? Mm -hmm. If that's the yeah. thing that, you know, I'm, I'm probably the, the typical consumer, right? Mm -hmm. It is a number, right? Cause most of the time it's a business decision and you all are going ahead and getting ahead of that. So instead right. of setting it and forgetting it, yeah. it's like, Hey, how can we, how can we help our clients save some money this year or get better coverage or maybe the win-win maybe get more coverage or you know new coverage on new uh additions and right. also do it at as competitive a number as possible yeah just try to be proactive right we, we try to be proactive and make sure you're covered on all bases because you get to a point price is important on everything right but making sure the right you know liability protection is there that's you know when people get to certain points like that gets more and more important i see so it's a not a one size fits all it's a custom tailored approach Absolutely. based on that yeah. person every person's different this is a perfect segue into my next question i want to ask you what sets you apart you feel like from other insurance professionals and this is where it's okay to brag on yourself <laughs> but tell yeah. us tell us what you feel like makes makes you different yeah i mean for one it's my team i mean we've built like a team of you know take them up against anybody between Casey and Paige and we really you know like I said we know price is important and with all the carriers we have we know that we're going to be competitive but it's really it's asking the questions to make sure we get the right coverage in place once again like insurance the devil's in the details so we want to make sure we're giving the professional advice to essentially give you the policy that you need you know so it's covering all the ins and outs okay. but then from that point it's experience so we really focus on hey as insurance and other things, just like your business, you know, the loan business, everything, it's getting more commoditized. We want to make sure that you have the best insurance experience possible, right? Nothing's great about it, but let's do what we can. You know, from the first time we talk to you to, you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days after you become a client, but then the years following. We want to make sure you're always calling our team. We're taking care of you, whether it's, you know, quickly, it's promptly, but between the experience and the professional advice, we think that's what sets us apart because okay. There's so many people out here that just play the numbers game, which is, hey, it's part of it. I understand that, but we provide more than just that. I like that. And I can speak from experience. It does feel like you all are always trying to think through not only what we're in right now, but what's coming in the future. Right. right? So yep. looking at some of those. 
So um, we've talked with some of our, our guests about uh, from there in the world, like the real estate market that we're in uh, here in, in, in the latter portion of 2022, mm-hmm. uh, it's changed, right? It's different than what the last two years For looked sure. like. As a real estate market shifts, whether it's shifting up, shifting mm-hmm. down, rebalancing, whatever the term of the day is, as our market shifts, does it affect your industry? Uh, yes, it does some. You know, as far as, you know, for me personally, we, you know, a lot of, we get a lot of business. We work with a lot of real estate agents and loan officers. So as they slow down naturally, we slow down. But also what you're seeing more in the, in the real estate market is it's really inflation and how that's affecting the cost to rebuild your home. Are people paying more attention to that now than they ever have? I think it's starting to come about. You know, we're getting more questions like, hey, do I have enough coverage on my home? Okay. And the coverage though is not so much on like the market value, but it's more on the cost to build that home. Okay. Which as we know, hey, what happened to lumber to you know a year and a half ago? It went skyrocketing. So, you know, you want to make sure that your home is essentially insured at the proper amount. So if you lose it all, you can build it back and you're not building, you know, seventy percent of your home back. I see. Well that's important, especially like you said, in a in a uh, amped up climate such as now, mm-hmm. right? The, the the market is shifting. Uh, I think it's always shifting, but currently it's getting more into a balance between buyer and seller. It's still a wonderful time to buy and a wonderful time to sell if it's right for you and your family. And knowing that as prices continue to establish themselves, the cost of construction has far but caught up. Oh, yeah. It's uh, yes, lumber's down, but every day things tend to move and increase. I had a conversation with a builder the other day that said, when they're starting their home, if they don't order the electric sub panel box that everything runs wires into, they may not get it for 12 months. So you talk about being able to get it, well, you may have to pay more for it. So having somebody who's paying attention to that or working with carriers who are constantly looking at that coverage, for me, if I'm suggesting anything to a client, would be work with somebody who understands that and pays attention to it, because you've looked at some of our properties and we've actually upped the amount of coverage because they've increased in value, right? Mm -hmm. We bought a property, we fixed it up. It was worth X when we bought it, we put Y into it. So Mm -hmm. we need to cover it for Z based on increase in construction costs and some of those things. And those are things I never would have thought of before. That's the biggest thing is don't get, like I told you on home insurance, don't get too caught up on market value because I'm from East Kentucky, market value there like on homes, like it's, it's not great compared to here. You know, you take a house in Chevy Chase versus East Kentucky. Well, this home may sell for eight hundred thousand. This one over here may sell for four hundred. But what's it cost to rebuild it? Yeah, right. Because in insurance, we want to make sure we get you back to the same or similar product you had before, which is your home. So you got to calculate that in. And insurance companies have essentially estimators that allow us to do that to determine what the cost to rebuild is. I was going to ask you, what does that process look like? Because I've I've been through it, but for mm-hmm. some who may be listening or watching who haven't, what is what does the estimator do? How do they go about that? Yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's developed. You know, essentially, we we go in and we ask a series of questions. You know, we're pulling this stuff from you and from PVAs and online resources. Hey. How many stories, how many square feet, type of floors, how many bathrooms? Are they builder's grade? Are they custom? Are they luxury? You know, type of roof, type of garage, type of foundation. All this stuff goes into this estimator and it says, okay, you know, based on all these variables, this is what we estimate it to cost to rebuild your home. So, you know, it could be 400,000. You may be paying 500,000 for the house. Or let's say you're in California, you may be paying 2 million for the home, but you know, you can order a sink is a sink. Right. Sure. A toilet is a toilet. You can order it off Amazon and it's the same price. But you want to make sure that you really insure that home up to the replacement cost, not market value. Because on the flip side, 
it could be 400 rebuild, but you could be buying for 200 in certain areas. So do you want to insure for 200? Maybe, but you're only going to build half a house back yeah, at that point. That makes sense. And, it, and uh, it's, it's, it's interestingly put because I think a lot of my conversations start and end with market value because we're talking about yeah. the, the purchase side of things. And that's a different wrinkle into the conversation of thinking about it from a replacement standpoint. You don't want to think about it in terms mm-hmm. of that, but that's why we have to have insurance, right? right? For in, sure. In, in the event something does happen, what do you feel like are the most commonly asked questions you get when you're working with somebody? Yeah. When I call you, I'm the consumer. What are the common questions they're asking you? I mean, right now, especially, and I think it's always, why is my rate going up? Okay. You know, it's it's happened across the industry everywhere. Rates are just going up, but what is anything not going up? At this right. point, you know, so cost more at the gas pump, cost more at the grocery store. For sure. So when you wreck your car, guess what costs more? That door costs more because they're hard to find for one right now. Your parts are hard to find. Labor at the body shop, that's up. So guess what? When the insurance is that claim out, they're having to pay more. You know, they set margins and they have to hit those margins, which means, hey, we got to increase our rates to keep up with that. Same thing with home. You know, building costs are going up. So, you know, a lot of times your coverage on your home is going up, which kind of increases that as well. So that's... That's the biggest question you get is why is why the rate going up? What would be if if you were giving advice to somebody who was talking to any insurance professional, what would be the questions that consumers should be asking? Like mm-hmm. if if it, and if I'm the perfect consumer that picks up the phone and calls you, obviously I'm gonna choose you as my insurance professional, right. but what are the questions I should ask so that I understand what I'm actually getting? Yeah. For sure. I mean, so as independent, you, you would want to ask like, hey, how many quote did you get us? Are you quoting from one company? Are you quoting from multiple? You know, that's something we're able to do. We get you multiple quotes. Um, you need to ask the questions, hey, is my home insured at replacement cost? Or are you insured at just market value or actual cash value? Is my personal property insured at replacement cost? I think that's very important. And two, a lot of people miss is, do I have enough liability protection? Right? So nobody thinks about this. They buy their home. You know, a homeowner's policy has liability. An auto policy has liability. And this is a number, it starts at so many different variables, and you really need to understand that and ask your ask your insurance agent, do I have enough coverage? Well, insurance agent can't just tell you that. We have to get into some details. We need to talk about your net worth. Like, what are you at risk to lose? And to me, like, I think that's one of the bigger questions that people miss because, hey, it's, it's your net worth. It's your, you know, it's what you have in the bank. You know, it's your assets, things like that that can be completely vulnerable that nobody really thinks about. Mm. And I think that's a very important question to, you know, have an agent that you can ask those questions and they can help you build that plan to decide how much do I actually need. Okay. That's that's uh, that's interestingly put. And I don't think majority of, of folks have been challenged to think about mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I've been in some conversations as an agent with some folks who have, experience loss or, mm-hmm. or, or problems. And um, that is no place to be uh, on the end of that, not having that coverage, yeah. right? Um, yeah, and a lot of times the agents, hopefully, yeah, when we're looking at your homes, especially, we're asking, we're probing for questions that are gonna ask, answer a lot of questions for you that you shouldn't have to ask. You know, when we hear that you got a basement, or you hear you got this, there's certain coverages that, you know, come to mind that we know we need to be asking about too. What is probably the most, um, I guess what's the most commonly, uh, what's the biggest myth or the biggest confusion that people may have about getting insurance? Like what 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 do you constantly find yourself helping people better understand about what you're doing? 
I mean, when we're talking about like auto insurance, one of the biggest events, like, hey, I turned 25, is my rate going down? Okay. Like, there's some magical number that the I've been told that change. once upon a time. Yeah, so that doesn't really happen. So, like, hey, you turn 25, your rate's going down 30%. You know, that's a lot on the auto insurance. I think on the home insurance, we see it a lot where, like I said, it goes back to that replacement cost. Some people say, well, I'm buying this house for 200000 while I'm insuring it for three fifty. Mm. So that's a that's a question we get. I won't necessarily say that's a myth, but we run across that a lot. And it's really, hey, replacement cost. You know, we get back to that point there. Um, but as far as any myth, I think the biggest one is on the auto insurance side, people just asking that, that question. When I turn 25? Right, yeah. Well, I'll tell them <laughs> myself, the day or the week I turned 25, when I thought, like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I'm going to have my insurance drop. Chase wasn't my agent at the time because he probably couldn't have covered me. I actually got into an accident <laughs> that week uh, with some other cars. And like the first thing I thought was like, oh my gosh, I just got this <laughs> discount and now it's going to go away. But thank goodness, knock on wood, my driving skills have improved uh, since then. Therefore, I'm able to, uh, to, to work with you. Um, what about, you mentioned personal property. Um, how, do you, how do you advise people to... Um, categorize or uh, keep up with the personal property that's in that. So let's yeah. say that like my vehicle gets broken into and the things come out of it, or mm-hmm. uh, we both play golf, right? How, do sure. I do I write down like the golf clubs that I have, or h- how do you tell people to categorize or catalog their personal property? Yeah, instead of just having an inventory with those pictures, you know, keeping you know, like documents on that stuff, you know, every insurance policy, you know, the personal property coverage will be maybe 50%, 70% of whatever your home is insured for. But then once again, this comes back to asking the questions that we need to ask, you know, that covers a lot, covers a lot, you know, furniture, clothes, stuff like that. But really when you get into trouble is like things like jewelry, memorabilia, you know, memorabilia, guns, furs, collectibles, stuff like that. And that's questions that we ask, hey, do you have any of this stuff? Okay. Because there's sublimits built into a policy that puts limits on things like that. So you just want to make sure if you have those items, we, we essentially schedule them or we write like a separate policy to cover them up to the full limit. Makes sense. Yeah. Because, you know, hey, especially like engagement rings, you get $10,000 engagement ring, the limit may be 2500 bucks. whereas we can go over here and write a separate policy. Maybe it costs you 70 80 bucks a year, but there's no deductible. It's covered up to the full amount and you're not worried if something does happen, you're taken care of. I think that's important because nobody really talks about that piece. Most mm-hmm. of the time it's like, hey, what's the number you can get me in the house for? I want my monthly payment to be in line because yeah. we're going to fund that escrow account. They're not talking about the personal property. So is that a, if you were just set, you know, an ideal client, are we looking at those things like once a year or you know, how often should we maybe re-inventory our, yeah. our households? I mean, really, should, if you get big changes, big purchases, so we, we send out like emails every year, say, hey, did you make any of these purchases? Did you have any changes? And we get a lot of people come back to us and ask that. And kind of our initial conversation, we like to ask those questions. And we also say, hey, people a lot of times say, well, no, I don't have anything now. It's like, well, if you do, let us know in the future, right? We've got a lot of clients. We It's hard to call and say, hey, did you buy a ring this year or anything right. like that? So we try to put it on the client up front and give them some information. If you do this, let us know. But also with the renewal emails that we send out, you know, prior to your renewal, it has some of those probing questions that ask you that. Hey, okay. did you purchase this? You know, is there anything we need to insure differently at this point? When you think about, uh, we, we mentioned kind of like common misunderstandings or myths. One thing that came to mind when I asked you that question was, you and I both answered this question for clients is, um, is a home warranty and is homeowner's insurance, any sim- are there any similarities there? Like, are there things that like, 
does my homeowner's insurance, are, are there things that people think they cover mm-hmm. uh, versus things that, you know, common misconceptions that they do cover, right? For sure. Yeah. You've, you've explained this to me before because we've worked with clients and we've kind of worked through this. How would you describe the difference in those? Yeah, I see home insurance is covered. I would tell people, hey, if you snap your fingers and something happens, that's a lot of times what home insurance okay. is covering. You know, maybe it's weather related, a pipe burst, you know, fire, something, things that, you know, just happen instantly. When it comes to wear and tear, that's a home warranty typically, whether it's on appliances, you know, uh, I mean, I don't really know what all home warranties cover sure. appliances, you know, HVAC systems, systems stuff things. like that. If it happens over time, it's like I tell people, when was the last time an insurance company paid for you to have new tires on your truck because yep. they, were, they don't, right? Same thing with home insurance. Just because your HVAC goes old and gets bad, it's not going to take care of that for you. But okay. to my knowledge, like home warranties, that's where they kick in. They sure. can cover those gaps of really the wear and tear on certain items in your home. Okay. Um, insurance companies are evolving. Some are adding some coverages for some other things that aren't necessarily home, like the home warranty cover, but we are seeing some additions to coverages that are kind of Filling some gaps here and there. Well, I think it's important distinguishment to make because mm-hmm. I've 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 been in the middle of some of those conversations. So uh, if you do have questions about those specifically, we'd be more than happy to answer. We may even end up with another episode where we bring on somebody who knows the home warranty yeah, side. But good. those are questions we've both been asked. So I felt For like sure. it was something worthwhile mentioning. Um, when we think about getting in touch with you, what's the best way for anybody listening or watching to get in touch with you and your team? Just give us a call at the office. Yeah, that's the best way. 859-202-3656. That's our number. Okay. Um, give us a call there. That's we, we like to talk. That's just it. You know, we can give your email and stuff like that, but we like to talk. Like you can do a lot through email and text, but you want you want the right coverage, you want to have the right stuff. We need to get on the phone. Okay. So if you need any, if you have any insurance questions, you have insurance needs, if you're shopping it around this year, you want somebody competitive, Chase at Carpenter Insurance Group and his awesome team. Would love to help with you. And Chase, I appreciate you being on and, yeah, and sitting through you. this. Thank you, brother. And we'll try not to uh, cause that policy to go up anything. If I can knock on wood and be a safe driver for the rest of the year, I know he'll be happy and so will my yeah. wife. All right. Thank you, guys.